or welcome to the UK Scriptwriters Podcast with me, Danny Stack. And me, Tim Clegg, as ever. Uh, and we hope this podcast finds you in a very COVID-friendly place, that you're all safe and well, and you're all keeping your social distance. Uh, we've, I can't remember the last time we did the podcast, Tim, was it? Oh, a little while, a little while. Uh, we generally pop up now for specials. Uh, we used to do it once a month, but we got very busy doing our own things because the podcast led to a very good collaboration for us and we've ended up making two feature films and a tv show together so that's why the podcasts are infrequent but thank you for all your messages online and the people who still share the podcast and email us questions indeed Uh, we've popped up today for another special this time with a uh an american writer i'm saying american writer he's not an american writer he's based in la so we've disrupted his uh, morning routine uh, to join us for this special podcast. His name is Paul Pimenta. Paul, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Excited to be here. And yes. You're a podcast listener yourself, uh, uh, Paul. I know you, you did buy our book. Let's get the plug in early, Danny. Not mucking yeah. about anymore. I know you did buy Did you ever listen to the podcast yourself or were you more of a reader and that's why you got the book? I uh, read the book first, and actually the other day I started listening to the podcast for the first time, and it kind of made, it made me think, what have I been missing? Because there's so much information there that's, that's useful for a scriptwriter. Good. Well, you've been reaching out to me on LinkedIn for a little while, Paul, and then you contacted me to say that you kind of followed the book's advice and you, you got your first American agent. Um, which is why we've kind of jumped on you for this kind of chat, really, to find out, well, what have you been doing? How did you um, manage to do that? And kind of just to tell us a little about your own kind of journey uh, towards writing in L.A. and being represented, because I would imagine that's a dream for a lot of people listening. Uh, yeah. and it sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, it is, it is amazing. Um, I'm very thankful and grateful that I get to do what I do. And... Somehow I'm still functioning alive and, and, and enjoying life. Um, in, in that's, the, that's, the ba- that's the base level, Paul, is it? So, like, so, so Paul's alive, everyone, and uh, he's still going, and everything else after that, that's a bonus. That's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. so it's been an interesting journey to get to where I am today. Um, and in, the, in a way, I still feel like I'm only just beginning. Um, so... You know, from England originally, and I, in 2009, I read a book about China, and I, I moved to China after being inspired by this book about Chinese people and kind of what was happening in China, and just wanted to maybe do something to help with some difficult things that were happening in China. And I, through a long way, I, I started writing for video games by uh, joining a Chinese, well, Ubisoft, actually, I can say that. I joined Ubisoft in Shanghai. And that kind of got me into writing video games and because there weren't many English speakers around to, to write. So it's always, if you live abroad, that's what I'm, I've discovered, that if you live abroad, there's a lot less competition into things like writing. So I started writing video games. Just very, oh, very Sorry, Paul, just to, were you already interested in being a writer? Were you, did you consider yourself to be a writer? So you saw the Ubisoft opportunity and you were like, oh, I can do a bit of writing here or was it more like you were coming at it as an English speaker you were just like oh here's a, a, a job opportunity where I can use my English skills 
and the, the fact it was a kind of narrative writing thing that wasn't really what appealed to you at the start and you discovered more about it yeah, yeah it was exactly that so I, I i didn't come in as a writer but it's more like hey a job um I was actually working in a hotel for a few months. That was just terrible. I was the, what was called the innkeeper in a, in a Chinese hotel. And I was the doorkeeper who greeted guests. And I was terrible. I mean, even once the manager walked in, and I happened to be on my phone. It was extremely embarrassing. He was like, what if I was a guest? Uh, instant fail. And, and the, I had to work nights as well. And I always fell asleep. I wasn't very good at that. So... I looked for another job and I found uh, a job just a kind of proofreading translated text from Chinese to English for one company and that led to Ubisoft, like just trying to survive and use my English. And then I, so I joined Ubisoft as kind of like a social media manager as well. And then they had kind of copywriting needs and then that, then that led to some very small kind of game writing, like designing the narratives for an Assassin's Creed game, I think it was and a mobile one. And that really opened my eyes to, hey, the, the, the writing for this, these games, for the big games is actually serious stuff. I want to try that. And I kept, I started trying to teach myself to write scripts, reading scripts, um, reading books, listening to things, and just constantly poking people, say, hey, can I have a go? Can I have a go? Let me, let me try it. Um, and then nothing really opened up there. And at the same time, my, uh, my wife was pregnant and she got to give birth to our second child. So we, we decided that we wanted him to leave China and move back to LA where my wife had grown up. And I needed a job and I tried to find more work writing for, for video games in the LA area and also online, but nothing really much happened. And my wife said, why don't you try writing for TV instead. And I was like, okay, yeah, I love TV. I want to do that. And I, I wrote a pilot script for an adult show. And at the time, Amazon had this open submission where anyone could send something. I guess I was quite naive. I thought, hey, I'm going to send my first script, my first ever pilot script, and they're going to buy it, and that's going to be me done. <laughs> I, I, that was kind of my, my thinking. But I, I, I mean, I learned a lot writing a pilot script. I didn't have a job. And we were kind of living with my wife's parents who were very graciously kind of supporting us for a little while. And I'm not, not the best son-in-law, I must say, at that point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I learned a lot about script writing then. And, and that didn't work out. But my wife said, hey, you, you're struggling with this. Why don't you try kids' shows? And, and there's a theme here that often it's like my wife said this. And I was like, oh, actually, that's a good idea. Why don't I do that? And I find that happens a lot in my life. <laughs> yeah. My wife says, why don't you try this? And I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's good for me. But then later on, she's like, I told you I was right. And I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied to the Nickelodeon Writers Program um, in, in, in Burbank. Um, and for that, you had to write a spec script from a list of shows that they, they, they chose. And one of them was Adventure Time. So I started watching Adventure Time. I was like, wow, I love this show. It's so wacky. This is so funny. I want to write like this. And I think that's for a PG audience, a little for slightly older. Um, and I wrote a script for that. And again, I didn't get in, but I learned a ton of stuff. And I, I noticed that whereas before it had taken me a few weeks to write anything like that, I wrote this in a week. And I, I noticed how I'm speeding up, being more confident. I'm really enjoying this. It seemed to come naturally. And I thought I sent the script around to a few people 
and it happened there was a very small Indian studio that said, hey, we love this script, can you create a preschool show that's kind of with this kind of zany, wacky humor? Um, and they just said, hey, here's two characters, uh, literally just two twin boys, we don't know what they, what they do, where they are, can you create a show? And I was like, okay, I like, and this, all, this kind of gives me free reign. And I created a little preschool show and they made 10 episodes. Um, really very low budget, but I, I, when I saw that, it was some of those magic about it. It's like, oh, I, I can actually do this. I can actually create something with it that's not terrible. <laughs> well, Paul, like uh, what, um, one of the things that we always say when we're doing these kind of interviews is, hang on a minute, you've, you've, mm. you've, you've skipped a few stages there in your okay. telling. Because it's your story, obviously, so yeah. you, you kind of, you don't, you, as all good writers, you want to leave out the boring bits, right? Mm. But we're here to hear. We want to know all the boring bits. So, okay. um, you know, you, you, you did, first of all, you know, during that Amazon Nickelodeon, applying for the Nickelodeon Fellowship thing mm. and, and all that. How, how long are we talking about? Like, is that over the period before, let's say before getting in touch and hearing back from that Indian company, the small Indian company, how, how long is that? Maybe I would say about uh, probably six months to a year of just writing and trying yeah. and applying to places. Would you say you were full time on that sort of time though? Was it like, um, you, you know, you were thinking, okay, I haven't really made it, but I'm a full time writer. You would describe yourself as an active writer. Yeah, I, I, I definitely was. I had a few copywriting, very, very small copywriting gigs on the side that made a little bit of money, just like basically just shopping money, groceries and stuff. Um, and the rest of the time I was just trying to make it, just trying to, I realized that I probably wasn't going to get a full-time job somehow because I, at that time I also had, a, I was in a strange situation where I was waiting for my green card. So I actually legally couldn't really work for places unless someone gave me a work visa, which is very unlikely in America. It just, that doesn't happen very much. But once you get a green card, of course, you work anywhere. So I was, that was a year process anywhere I had to wait. Mm. So I was in a very unique situation where my in-laws were supporting me. I was making a little bit of money on the side and doing some parenting too. And I spent the rest of the time just trying to learn how to write scripts. And yeah, so that was about six months to a year of just Sometimes I would write all day just on a script that, of course, completely on spec. Just, just learning, reading, go over it. And, and I did love the story of, uh, I think the, the adult TV show one was about, I took some Irish mythology, Cuchelan, um, he's at the Irish Hercules, and then I, I, thought, I, said, I thought, well, what if he was a woman? And he was cast out of his village for accidentally killing some of the kids with, his super, with her super strength when she was young. And what if she became like a, a mercenary? Because in the, in the Celtic kind of legend and in, in the history that these, these mercenaries were on the fringe of society, are often hired by, bandit, uh, by different uh, warlords to kill another warlord or make trouble. And what if she was like a demigod in the midst of that? So I thought, oh, that's a cool story. I want to do that. So I spent about the six months of a year just thinking about that, working on it. And, and then try to send it off. You sent out. You had that spec script that you thought was, oh, okay. uh, you know, pretty good, pretty decent, um, and um, and you were sending that out. You know, a lot of people hearing that will be uh, kind of like, yeah, but where? Where did you? 
how did you get anyone to look at that to read it and so on what was your approach to sending out your you know your work and um what were you saying to to encourage people to read it sure so i mean from for a lot of quite a while now i've always used linkedin to to connect to people so that was always my primary avenue of uh, communication i would just try to cold query people and cold call people just to say i i think i was using that script to as kind of a sample for, for applying to game writing jobs. And I think there was one company who were making a, a, a game. It was, let's say, it was Sony Santa Monica who made God of War. The, the God of War. They, they, they were, I think I said a natural, and they were, there was some interest there. We, we talked a little bit about one of their game writing jobs. So I was kind of working on that. I sent it to them, sent it to some kind of filmmakers, in Canada, just just random people I connected on LinkedIn, and they also gave me some cool feedback. Some people said they really liked it. I sent it to like a film, a fantasy film writing competition, some kind of I think it's a fantasy film festival script uh, competition. I can't remember exactly what it was called, and they gave me script notes, which is pretty cool. They they said as part of the application fee, and they they gave some some good feedback and some things that need to change, and that was kind of Again, it, I was I was just glad it wasn't it wasn't terrible. <laughs> my, my my first thing, and that's kind of been what I've often gone. It's not terrible, so it's potential here. I, I can do it. I have. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, uh, what I like about your story is the is the fact that you've leapt on that. You have jumped on that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people uh, are waiting for the perfect whatever. You know, they're kind of working on their scripts and they're not sharing it enough. They're not sending it out. They're not building their network. They're not putting the time into that. They're like, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, maybe they've only got a couple of hours a day to work on the on their writing career. So they're like, well, I'm going to spend two hours a day writing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not spending, well, I'll do an hour writing and an hour networking or whatever, you know. And I think... Uh, what I like about your example is the fact of as almost as soon as you could send things out, you were sending it out. And okay, you knew it wasn't perfect. You knew it was, you know, whatever, let's say seven out of 10 um, mm. because you'd had the feedback, which had some things to work on, but it said some positive things. So you knew it was good, but not um, super duper amazing. But so yeah. what, you were like, yeah, let me get that out. Let me start seeing who wants to read this or, or might have some other work for me. Mm. Uh, uh, and what I like about that is it shows that it's really an ongoing career that you'd already started in your mind. You know, mm. you weren't waiting. You'd already started in your mind. This is my career and this is, this is what I'm doing. You know, mm. where did you, I mean, it, this seems a strange question because it was probably second nature to you, but where did you pick up that work ethic? How did you, why did you have that in your mind? Why did you have that approach? Well, I think for me also, we were living, um, so to, to kind of, kind of maybe give a clearer picture. I we moved back from China to LA in, in 2016, and in 2016, and we ended up living with my in-laws for till the end of 2018. So in that those two years, I think what fueled me was desperation. 
to 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 find work to like change our situation and i kind of i realized that video game running is not working out i need another avenue of, of income of, of revenue and i have the time and and i think that writing is something i'm passionate about let's let's try this let's go with it. and so i kept on connecting to people trying to write things and 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 that you like getting feedback because I really wanted to, there's just so much pressure, I guess, in honesty. There's so much pressure to live in my in-laws, depending on them. I already kind of felt honestly kind of ashamed of that. It was never of the plan. I didn't expect that would happen when we but I expected to move back with my wife and then find work immediately, move out, rent an apartment, whatever, start our lives and, and get probably settled, especially with two young kids. I think at the time, my kids were, well, until the end of 2016, my kids were, my oldest daughter was uh, two and a half and my youngest daughter was only a month old. So there's real pressure there to provide and, and I could tell that also living with my in-laws, they were doing okay financially, but it was definitely a strain for them too. So there's so many factors I felt like, I've got to change this, I've got to do something. And then also, I, Passion is also a big part of it. So I want to do something I'm really passionate about. And I think the more I've done screenwriting, I've realized for me, I'm someone, I, I really struggle to do any job if I'm not passionate about it. I, 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 I've just realized, and I, I, so I try to work hard to make the dream happen. And I, I, I think maybe to answer your question also, if someone tells me I'm not good at something, unless it's impossible, I typically, don't accept that. I think, well, I research how I can improve, how I can prove them wrong, not in an arrogant way, but just thinking, I, I, I know inside me I have the potential to be, to, good, to be good things I try, so why not try to improve and, yeah. Yeah. Well, give up. Uh, that, uh, let's put a brief spotlight on LinkedIn for a second, Paul, mm. because uh, I think you're one of the first kind of people we've interviewed that's actually mentioned it because it doesn't really get a look in from new screenwriters or they seem dubious about it. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend, even a friend of mine uh, queried me about it in terms of, is it any use? Do you get any work from it? And um, it's just an interesting online networking tool, I think, in terms of everybody says, oh, network on Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram. But mm -hmm. there are certain types of execs or producers on there, I guess. And that's how you kind of seek them out. I don't know if you pay the subscription fee, which is a bit expensive as far as I know, mm. but even doing it for free is pretty good. Yeah, um, I've always used a free version of LinkedIn and, and it's exactly that. There are a ton of uh, LA producers on, on LinkedIn and some of them are very approachable. In fact, and I've, um, I've all the income I've made over the last, two years has been from LinkedIn, actually. Uh, whether it's directly a business relationship or a recommendation from someone I met on LinkedIn who recommended me for another job, all of it's from LinkedIn. And I, I see the more I use it, I see it as a powerful platform for sharing your work, trailers that you've, for things you've made, uh, pitch decks if you want to share those on LinkedIn. And, I mean, it, you can think about that. but. There's so much there to connect with people. And I, I'm always, if, so, if someone shares something cool, I'm always saying, well, who are they connected to? 
uh, especially if you're on the streaming kind of uh, platform, Netflix and Amazon, and always seeing like who they're connected to, and some of these people are really actually, fr even though you might feel intimidated to approach them, they're very friendly actually. Yeah. Um, one of the nicest people I've met and most helpful so far has been an LA producer who's got 25 years of experience doing some really cool animation stuff, and he. Um, has given me advice for free uh, to an extent. I, w I don't feel people sometimes can try to take advantage of that in terms of often seeing them as a consultant for free, which I, I avoid. But just a few asking questions occasionally is super nice and super helpful. Like uh, I was before I had an agent, I even asked him a little bit about a deal that someone was trying to offer me, and he and he gave some quite perceptive feedback on that, which is great. Yeah. Again, LinkedIn. So it's, it's a great platform. I really recommend it just for building a portfolio and connecting to people and, and, and getting visibility. Fantastic. Well, you know, in terms of our UK scriptwriter survival handbook, you are A, a active networker, tick. Hmm. Uh, B, you, you're a focused man with a plan, uh, yeah. gets up and puts his uh, bum on the chair to do some writing, tick. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, because of the combination of those two things, some consequence and things are starting to happen. Mm. So tell us about the kind of route to the American agent, if you can. Um, well, so it's, a, it's a UK agent. It's a UK, oh, the UK agent, okay. Yes, but they do um, work with America. Yeah, UK and America, the agents here I'm with. So um, let me backtrack a little bit to explain how I pictured the agent. Um, uh, so agent, I think it sounded almost like Asian, but I'm an agent, but it is. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, I mentioned this little preschool show I did, and it was quite cool because, like I said, it's very low budget, but I worked on that and I sent the scripts to kind of uh, uh, someone else I connected to on LinkedIn, a couple of scripts I sent. And this person was more of, a, it's like a, more of an industry veteran in the TV animation industry. And they said to me, which is interesting, again, like good and bad feedback, they said, there's some stuff in your scripts that's probably not the best for kids because I'm still learning, but your scripts made me laugh. And so they, again, recommended me to somebody else who um, has, has given me a lot of work. And this person who I'd connected with who liked the scripts, they also hired me to develop one of their own projects, and which is really cool. And, and from that, I was able to start building a great portfolio to share with the agent. And they, they read one of those scripts, and they were like, whoa, that's, I really like this. What else have you got? <laughs> so I was like, oh, I've got so I sent them some, a couple of other things I had. And uh, it's been great actually. It's only been I think a few weeks since I've signed with the agent, but we've already uh, together. I worked one of my I developed one of my own shows with them. I've written the pilot script. We've gone through a couple of revisions to that, and it's really strong now. And I think we're going to start pitching that pretty soon to to some um, networks. And and I think this has been a cool experience. The agent has also been very helpful in in terms of me still being pretty new in this, in terms of all the pitfalls to avoid, like don't do any work without a contract. It's been one thing they've been saying, at least a contract. And if anyone wants, if anyone wants to claim their own part of your work as part of a deal, they need to pay you for that. They need to buy the rights off you. 
uh, copyright, things like that. There's so much, and now I feel a huge sense of relief because one of the things with an agent too is that they, when you sign is that they will submit your work. You're not just sending your work out to anybody. There's a process, and, and for me, that's like a safety net, I, I feel. So I, I'm not great at negotiating. I'm not great at saying no either, but the agent is. <laughs> yeah, that's their job. That's their job. Yeah, the, the business side of things, legal, I feel that's really a relief for me. Uh, I can just focus on the creativity. They can, I just write stuff. They say, is it, if it's good or not, if it has potential, and then we can move forward or, you know, or redirect to a different project. And it's been pretty cool. Well, one of the things that I think um, comes out of your story that I think uh, everyone's different. Obviously, we've got to acknowledge that and their lives are different. And, but one of the things that I think comes out of your story is the lack of barriers, the international vision that you've had, Paul, because, you know, a lot of, some people maybe at the start of this interview would have been like, well, it's, e it's easy for Paul. He's in Hollywood. He's, he's managed to luck himself out to be in, in Hollywood. But, of mm -hmm. course, it, it's actually your work has been in China. It's been in India. You've, mm -hmm. Your agent is from the UK. Mm -hmm. you're, all over the, you're all over the place. You're keeping yeah. very, very international and finding those opportunities wherever you can. Do you think there's any benefits to being out in, in, um, in, in Hollywood? Or do you think, actually, you can write wherever you are in the world? Um, I kind of see it as, as both because, um, let me think about how to answer this carefully. Like, so I haven't really done any work with LA studios yet, uh, because I'm still building my portfolio, but the fact that I'm in LA is a huge boon in terms of one, uh, a large studio abroad said the fact that I'm even in LA is a huge deal for them. And, and they, they, they can even, they even say, hey, we've got this LA scriptwriter for working on our show. It's a huge deal. So that's been a, a huge advantage. And of course, I could charge higher rates because of that as well. Um, I've had some cool meetings in LA so far that I've met people um, that's been really great, just people passing through or um, who live there. Again, like industry contacts, I learned a ton of stuff that way. Um, and then on the other side of it, I... Right now, all my work comes from abroad as I'm building portfolio, and often there's just more volume of work required from the uh, these these foreign studios, uh, studios of different countries. It, like we said, I think we mentioned when we chatted before once that often in a UK or America, it's kind of like, hey, you can this project has 12 episodes, then we'll see what happens. But other like I just did a project for an Indian studio, and they gave me 26 episodes to write, 26, 22 minute episodes. Um, and it was such a great thing to cut my teeth on to learn that and through their notes just a lot of all of the story kind of emphasis influence was on me to to come up with the narrative beats for every episode the overall arcs the characters are, and you know kind of collaborated with somebody else a little bit but the actual scripts were all pretty much me for 26 episodes and sometimes I'm just like, like writing as fast as I can it was sort of bash these out. So I'm trying to finish and, and, and learning to manage other projects at the same time, which has been an interesting challenge too. And, but I think the reason I say that is because I have seen newer writers who live in LA and they're constantly putting on LinkedIn, hey, I need some work, I need some work. 
Can anyone recommend me? I'm full time available. I'll move wherever wherever you want to go. I'll move. But actually, these people are not really directly messaging people. They're not really. Mm. They're just kind of yeah. like throwing passive. Passive. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Hoping that someone might pick it up rather than actually going and putting those hands yeah. and saying, "Hey, can, can we have a chat sometime?" I think we talked about it uh, last time where you you said sometimes it's good just to recommend people say, "I'm not looking for work." Not with an agenda, but to say, hey, do you want to have a chat or something? Let's have a coffee. I'm in LA, you're in LA too, or London, wherever you are. Um, but I've also noticed that these newer writers who are only focusing on LA, I, they're doing many other things because, like, say, copyright, other things that they, they just to make the ends meet. Mm-hmm. But actually, if they kind of broaden their horizons, cast their nets further, then they would find that actually there's so many opportunities abroad to do, to do just things that, that make actually quite good money, good project scripts. It may not be as high profile as LA or, or the UK, but actually, America, UK or Canada, but actually you can make a decent living, which is... Yeah, which is, and, you, and you're increasing your hours of finished work. I mean, if you're doing, you know, 26 episodes of something, I mean, that's looking strong, isn't it, on your CV? Yeah. You know, it's not like you're not, you're not, it's not like I've written a couple of shorts and, uh, you know, it's like, no, 26 episode Paul's churned out, you know, on just that one show. And I think, um, yeah. I, I think a word that I'd use to, to sum you up, Paul, is a grafter, you know, you're kind of out there, you're hustling, you're working, you're doing whatever you can to just keep writing, uh, which reminds yeah. me, Danny, almost of when you were starting your writing journey and the stories from then of just like when you you're just out there and you're just messaging people and just trying to get work in the door. Yeah, absolutely. You've just got to start reaching out. All of the things that we've said over the years, and it's great to see that they still apply today from what you're describing, Paul. Um, I mean, if people wanted to find you online, Paul, would it be mainly LinkedIn or do you have your own website and stuff? I just use LinkedIn, actually, yeah. I mean, yeah. I see some people on LinkedIn who refer people to their snazzy websites, and, and, I, and I've seen... Tim's website looks pretty nice, actually. I <laughs> thank I've you. Seen, I've yeah. seen that. And I think that that's totally useful, too. I just haven't got around to doing that. I guess maybe I haven't felt the need. The same with, like, um, IMDB or IMDB Pro. I, I, I do think those are super useful. I need to get on to that as well at some point. But I just haven't had time or, or felt the, the, the necessity just yet. I think it's when I really get something made that's a bigger deal, then I will probably move on to those maybe. I, I don't know, what would you recommend? I don't know. I mean, I've only got that website almost for legacy reasons. Mm. You know, like if I was starting today, I'm not sure that I would say to people they need they need that. Because um, yeah. I do a ver- you know, various different things. It's handy to kind of explain that to people, you know. Mm-hmm. But now I don't almost use it because... Obviously, myself and Danny have our Nelson Nutmeg Pictures dot com mm. website, and I'm really pointing people to that. But that's a company website, you know. Yeah. And I think um, I don't think individuals need it. I think if you've got a strong LinkedIn page, mm. uh, you can even buy a domain name and point it towards that. You yeah. know what I mean? So you can have your, your your name, but just point it towards your LinkedIn page. If you spend a bit of time putting making that neat making that tidy and concise and you know work on your bio a bit i think that's as good as it that's basically the same info that you'd have on a website without the cost of having to bother with the hosting and all that jazz exactly. you know? yeah 
uh, it's only something else to have to bother to maintain, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that's what I feel about this, you know, uh, there's always, um, subscriptions and you've always paying for stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's not really needed. And, and I definitely think people have to make sure they keep their IMDB up to date. I mean, what mm. we found is people don't realize that you can kind of do that yourself. Um, mm. you, you know, you can, you, you don't need to pay to do that. You just need to go in and you can update the stuff that you've worked on yourself. And, um, people don't, writers don't realize that. They're like, oh, the production company didn't put me on. It's like, you put yourself on. You know, it's it, yeah. it's like Wikipedia. that Anyone can edit it within the yeah. boundaries of the rules. And um, I think writers need to make sure they get their credits put on there because mm. relying on someone else, it's like they might forget or not bother. Um, yeah. So right. that's, that, that's, that's a, yeah, just a key, a key tip that you can do that yourself. Mm. Uh, well, our, our, our Zoom time is about to run out. Indeed. Uh, but um, it's great to catch you at this early stage of your career. Uh, Paul, mm. because it's like you're in LA, you've got an agent, you're getting work, and things are looking, you know, a bit bright for the future. But mm. it's taken, you know, some focus and some decent effort to get there, yep. uh, which is always the way. Uh, so, uh, thank you for sharing the journey so far, and maybe we'll check back in six months or a year time to see what the update is. Well, he's famous. <laughs> yeah, he'd be too busy. He'd be too busy. We have to speak to his agent. <laughs> 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 well, uh, uh, no, thank, uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Paul, and uh, thanks for listening to some of those other episodes. We'll just do our quick kind of wrap-up plug to say you, know, you can find us on uh, ukscriptwriters.podomatic.com. All of uh, our previous apps are still uh, on there. You can find us on um, uh, iTunes. You can find us on Twitter. Obviously, you can find us on LinkedIn, which people have done. Um, anything to add, Danny? That's it. It's less than a few seconds now. Okay, well, take it, take it easy, listeners, and we'll catch you in the future. And thanks again, Paul. Cheers, Paul. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Okay.